Let's pray. Father, we thank you that we can come today and worship you in spirit and in truth. We thank you, Lord, that you've regenerated us from the dead. We thank you that you've taken hearts of stone that loved sin and hated God and replaced them with hearts that love righteousness and love you, the God of righteousness. Above all, that love your Son, the King of righteousness and the only Savior, whose righteousness is imputed to us by grace alone, through faith alone. We thank you for Jesus, Lord. We pray that he would be the king of our hearts, our minds, our souls, all that we are. We pray, Father, that every thought would be taken captive, brought beneath King Jesus. That we would not allow the world to rule our minds. That we would not allow a world system under the rule of the evil one to rule in our minds. Renew our minds this day. I pray with the Word of God. In Jesus' name, amen. We are departing this Lord's Day from our study of First Peter. We'll be back to it, Lord willing, next week. An unusual message today, born out of current events. Sometimes the events taking place demand an answer and After some prayer and consideration the last few weeks, and in particular this week, I determined that I need to answer. So the title of this morning's message is Christians Don't Believe in Aliens. Christians Don't Believe in Aliens. Lucifer, a very real extraterrestrial intelligence that we know to be a created angel, wanted to be like God and worshipped as God, as Isaiah 14.14 records. He came in the likeness of a serpent into the garden and tempted Adam and Eve, our very real common human ancestors, to eat of the forbidden fruit in the garden to become like God, as Genesis chapter 3 verses 4 and 5 records. Aliens are now all the rage. The stuff of late night AM talk radio, Art Bell, has gone mainstream on the evening news, in Congress, and in major universities. Seemingly, credible witnesses are coming forward with testimony, film, and radar images. A message from a less credible, anonymous scientist who has supposedly done research on the bodies of deceased aliens is currently circulating on the internet and being received by many as truth. This scientist says that he or she, they didn't divulge their gender, somehow communicated with one of the aliens, and that the alien species has an apotheosis, or an elevation to divine status, religious message about becoming like gods. That is their goal. I find that very interesting. How are we as Christians to respond to this? Many Christians are dismissing all of this as demonic, Many professing Christians are readily embracing the existence of aliens and trying to happily marry aliens with the Christian biblical worldview. The safe response is to dismiss it all as demonic, and I think that would be fairly accurate. However, I think it's worthy of a thoughtful response. And so that's what I'm going to endeavor to give in one message this Lord's Day. 
what do we know? This we know. There is no accidental life in the universe. Given enough time, life doesn't just happen. In fact, given enough time, the universe didn't just happen. The law of biogenesis says all life comes from life. All life forms contain vast amounts of information or genetic coding that requires and evidences a powerful designer and all-wise coder, our omnipotent, omniscient creator. The theory of information says there is no law of nature, process, or series of events by which information originates in matter. All information leads to a mind. All life contains vast amounts of information. Those that have rejected their creator and suppressed the truth and unrighteousness have looked to a fictional Big Bang as the creator of the cosmos. And they've looked to something they call abiogenesis as the foundation of life. Abiogenesis means life from non-life. The law of biogenesis, the law of biogenesis, are you catching this? (laughs) Says that all life comes from life. The theory of information says that all information comes from a mind. There is no law of nature, a process, or series of events by which information, which all life contains, just happens. Matter doesn't have a mind. Therefore, matter did not produce the information necessary for life. Therefore, no matter how much time we add to a cosmos, life doesn't spontaneously happen in that cosmos. Of course, we haven't touched on ex nihilo nihil fit, which all of our Sunday school attenders know means from nothing, nothing comes. From nothing, nothing comes. And so if ever there was a time there was nothing, there would still be nothing. Nothing at all. Not even time. What I am finding is that many Christians are capitulating to this alien worldview. And when I say alien worldview, I mean it's alien to the Word of God. The alien worldview that includes aliens. But where does the alien worldview that includes aliens come from? It comes from a worldview committed to Big Bang cosmology. Committed to abiogenesis. Committed to Darwinian evolution. Happening all over the cosmos. It comes from a fallen mind that has suppressed the truth and unrighteousness. Rejecting its holy creator God. Wanting another solution for the cosmos that exists and for life in it, and namely self-existence, our life. And I exhort you to reject aliens on the same ground that you reject Darwinian evolution and Big Bang cosmology, and on the same ground you reject transgenderism. It is contrary to the Word of God. Oh, what about the evidence? The evidence. Well, Hollywood has been conditioning us for years. Have you noticed? Isn't it fun to be conditioned? They've been conditioning us. It's all so fun. But they've conditioned us with Martians back in the black and white years. Anyone remember my favorite Martian? They've conditioned us with Vulcans and Klingons and a whole cosmos full of intelligent life forms in the television series known as Star Trek, which many of us were raised with. You were all conditioned, or many of you anyway, if not all, there are a few exceptions, by Star Wars. And we found that some former fish had evolved and become generals. 
to lead the rebellion. Then there's the likes of Escape to Witch Mountain, the whole Aliens movie saga, Stargate, War of the Worlds, Independence Day, Men in Black, X-Files, and countless superhero movies that all include aliens. So we've been conditioned by Hollywood to respond to unidentified flying objects as aliens. What is an unidentified flying object? It's an unidentified flying object. But we've been conditioned to say, alien? How about the History Channel? When I was a kid, the History Channel was great. Well, when I was a kid, it didn't exist. But I got a little older. The History Channel was great. It had history. And what was the heart of the History Channel when it first came out? World War I and, above all, World War II. Then the Korean War, the Vietnam War. These are pivotal points in history. And if we repeat that history, bad things happen. If we allowed Hitler's or Stalin's or Lenin's or Mao's to rise up, bad things happen. They seem to want to communicate to us that we should not allow those bad things to happen. But instead of that, now, what's all over the History Channel? Ancient aliens. Ancient aliens and other alien shows. And ultimately, because abiogenesis is crumbling in the face of actual science, and because Darwinian evolution is crumbling with it, and because Big Bang cosmology is having its issues as well, and because they're having trouble even getting a cosmos out of nothing these days, the next defense of their unbelief, their next defense against the one true holy creator God is aliens. Aliens. I would also add this, call me a conspiracy theorist if you like, but there is a growing atheistic, communist influence in the world. It's always been present in Hollywood, and it's more and more present and prevalent in our nation and in our universities. You know, you can get degrees essentially in aliens and doctorates in aliens. They have a fancy term for it. But they're teaching these things at the highest level. They're teaching these things every day on the television. This last week, there was a congressional UFO hearing with the representative from Florida, Matt Gates, prominent on that hearing. And on the other side of the aisle, no less than AOC. Matt Gates and AOC coming together for a congressional hearing on UFOs, aliens. Leading out the whistleblowers was Mr. David Grush, former major in the Air Force, an intelligence officer, then a GS-15, which is the equivalent of a colonel in the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency. And he admitted that he himself hasn't actually seen anything, which, by the way, is the norm. That's the norm. And those that report to have actually seen something normally are sketchy individuals. What's different currently is that there now are some credible individuals that are reporting to have seen something. This intelligence officer, Mr. Grush, 
who let out the whistleblowers, hasn't seen anything firsthand. And yet he claims the government has recovered both crashed alien vessels and biologics, which is a new term to describe alien life forms, intelligent alien life forms that piloted the alien spacecraft. So he claims the U.S. government has recovered these and that he knows where they're at and that they're actively reverse engineering these alien craft. Mr. David Fravor was part of the whistleblowers there before the congressional hearing on UFOs. And he is seemingly a credible witness. He's a retired U.S. Navy commander. He's an F-18 pilot. And he has become famous for the Tic Tac, UAP. UAP is Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. That's the new term for UFO. Because you don't want to sound like a nut, right? If any of you, it used to be if you said, I believe in UFOs, you were relegated to what status? You're a nut. Today, you are a cultural hero, and I want you to recognize that as well. Today, if you publicly say, I believe in UFOs, I believe in aliens, which is another step. I believe in UFOs. I've seen UFOs. You've all seen UFOs. Did you verify everything you saw flying in the sky was an actual plane? Or you just assumed it was when you saw the light flying by you in the night? You assumed it was a plane. But technically, that's a UFO. Because you don't know that it was a plane, do you? You made assumptions. But I don't believe in aliens. Mr. David Fravor, the pilot made famous for his Tic Tac sighting, which was caught on film. And this Tic Tac craft, whatever it was, moved in ways that, that nothing that we fly can move. It moved at the speed of sound or beyond. It stopped. <laughs> it changed directions. It came from 80,000 feet. 80,000 feet of space down to about 25,000 feet. At one point, it was under the water, and it seemed to move under the water with as much ease as it moved through the air or space. Now, we don't have a craft that we know of that can do that, if indeed it was a craft. They witnessed it. They had video recording of it, but it's fairly blurry. It's from a distance. It's moving fast. What is it? It is an unidentified flying object, or a UAP, an unidentified aerial phenomena, if you prefer the more modern term that doesn't make you sound crazy. Another pilot by the name of Graves was also on this whistleblower congressional hearing, and he reportedly had a UAP, an unidentified aerial phenomena, fly between him and his wingman, just feet away, in between them, just feet away. It blew by them. So what is it? It's an unidentified flying object. It's an unidentified aerial phenomena. That's what it is. Interestingly, the only credible sightings and witnesses are these few, at least that have come forth thus far, and they always seem to be in training areas where the military would normally conduct training and maybe fly aircraft or vehicles that we don't yet know of. So what is more likely? Is it more likely, just probability, Bible aside for a moment, probability speaking, is it more likely that this is aliens or this is some unknown aircraft that is human created and or human piloted? Does there have to be a pilot in the Tic Tac thing flying around? No. No, and it's a lot easier to 
go at that speed and change directions if there's not a pilot in there because the G-forces would be problematic. It doesn't have to be flown from a pilot inside of the vehicle. It could be remotely flown. The fact that it jammed their radar, they reported. Why would it jam their radar? Assuming this is aliens, one, why would they allow themselves to be seen but not actually make contact with us? Two, why would they allow themselves to be seen and recorded on video camera but jam radar? Seems silly. So, odd things. And what's more likely? We know there are human beings, right? Look around. Can you verify that scientifically? Observe human beings, right? We've tested it. We just did, once again. Human beings. And we know human beings create things that fly. And we know that human beings create things that fly and don't always tell everyone else what they created. Sometimes for decades. Decades. We know our own government creates aircraft that they don't tell us about for decades. And they fly around over our country and others and uh, take information in and all this and and do their mission. And then we find out eventually once it's mothballed (laughs) that, hey, that thing's been up there flying around doing its thing. And so what is the logical assumption when you have a UFO that it's our government, still, thankfully, the most powerful government in the world, or a foreign government that's created a craft that is manned or unmanned that's flying around out there? That is the most logical conclusion. But we have been conditioned for years. Since I was a little kid, I was conditioned watching Scotty beam everybody up, rescuing them at the last minute from some alien life form that was about to eat them or kill them. Some alien life form that had set their phasers on kill, not stun. That's not nice. And they get zapped up by Scotty just in time. Now, these ideas are not innocent. Oh, Star Wars, Star Trek, it's all fun, sure, whatever. But it's not innocent. When you have the premise of these movies, these shows, being that life happened by accident, the cosmos happened by accident, and intelligent life has erupted all over the cosmos. What troubles me is when I see and hear Christians capitulating to this, and I've been seeing and hearing this out there in the world. Christians and Non-Christians who have much influence in the Christian world, like Matt Walsh. And I challenge you once again to not let Matt Walsh have much influence in your heart and mind. He's on the other team. He does not serve Jesus Christ. Does he say true things? Yes. But be careful that you do not become a Matt Walshite. You're a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. What's Matt Walsh's response? Well, yes, I believe there are aliens. That's his response. Why does Matt Walsh believe that? Because he has not submitted his mind to the Word of God. And thus he is happy to believe in a billion-year-old cosmos. He's happy to believe that these things could happen and to open up the world and the professing Christian world to the idea of UFOs and aliens being reasonable. It's not reasonable. It goes against the Word of God. It goes against logic. When you have unidentified flying objects, what do you assume? That the kid in the back seat threw it. That's what you assume. All right, who threw that? When I was in grade school, there were a lot of unidentified flying objects. 
Sometimes they were spitballs. Sometimes they were bouncy balls. You never knew it was flying. But you were pretty sure it was some kid that threw it. I'm pretty sure at this point it's still some kid that grew up. And now he's, he's throwing it out there. I'm confident of that. Second to that, yes, there is a demonic power ruling the world, the Bible tells us. And that demonic power under Satan is against our God, against the one true God, the creator of the heavens and the earth and all life in it. And therefore, whether it's Big Bang cosmology and evolution, satanic lies, or aliens, oh, these are hefty lies brought against the one true God to undermine faith. And you say, oh, yeah, we're people of faith. They're people of science, right? No, we're all people of faith. It's just whether your faith is in facts or in fiction. And a cosmos that is uncreated is a fiction. Nothing from nothing is a fiction. Life that is uncreated is a fiction. Matter, non-living matter becoming living matter is a fiction. Design without a designer is fiction. Information without an information giver is fiction. Abiogenesis is a fiction because of the law of biogenesis. And therefore, yes, we're all people of faith, but our faith is in the eternal creator God that Holy Scripture records creating the heavens and the earth in six literal days with all life in it. And that is, by the way, logical. Their faith is an is in an uncreated cosmos. Ex nihil nihil fit, from nothing, nothing comes. They have everything coming from nothing. Their faith is in abiogenesis. Once you got everything from nothing, that everything, which was inanimate matter, became animate. It sprung to life. That is contra science. And it's contra logic, by the way. Contrary to both science and logic. So the world that has rejected God is, one, conditioned by Hollywood, two, conditioned by the History Channel, and now it's being conditioned by congressional hearings to identify the unidentified as aliens. And as Christians, we don't believe in aliens because it's contrary to the Word of God and it's contrary to logic. If you have something going on in the night, assume there's a logical explanation. Don't assume it's a ghost. It's probably a raccoon or a kid out of the bed. Could be an intruder. But I never assume it's a ghost. Never once have I thought, call the Ghostbusters. If it's something supernatural, then I would assume it's either in the angelic realm or the demonic realm. But I don't assume that either. Because that's highly unusual. The Lord doesn't usually allow demons and angels to interact with mankind. But sometimes he does. So we need to assume what's most logical, that it's a human being. Or perhaps some critter we haven't discovered just yet, but I'm thinking it's a human being that has created, or human beings that have created this craft and are remotely or actively piloting it. So, today, terms are being thrown all around in the, in the news and all around the internet. UFO, unidentified flying object. UAP, unidentified aerial phenomena. Unidentified aerial phenomena. Do you know that also opens it up 
to something that's interdimensional. That's part of why they've done that. And they're talking about multiverses and interdimensional beings. They're talking in reasonable tones, essentially about astral projection and communicating with these beings from a multiverse or another dimension through essentially uh, shutting off your mind, Luke, and using the force. And this is some of the things that Mr. Grush, David Grush there before Congress, some of the things he was talking about were more in the occult than they were in science. That which is observed, that which is proven, that which we call law. Another term, EBO, exobiospheric organisms being thrown around. We used to just call ET, right? Come on, ET phone home. Everybody knows ET, it's got to be real. Today though, ET, if you believe in ET and UFOs, you're passe, right? You might be nuts, but if you believe in UAPs and ETIs, extraterrestrial intelligences, now you're hip, you're hip. We have had a big old dish pointed to the sky under the program called SETI, the Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence, spending millions and millions of dollars looking for what? Life. Looking for radio signals from the cosmos. Have we found any? No. But we're looking for it. Uh, We've sent unmanned craft to Mars, and we're looking for life. They're begging to find life. And if they can in any way possible interpret the evidence to say, look, there was maybe kind of possibly could have been some life here one time, or at least water, (laughs) then they'll do it. And all of that is part of the world system that is suppressing the truth and unrighteousness, Romans 1, rejecting the creator. And they're looking for one signal from space, just one signal. If If they found the slightest code, right, information and anything they're getting from space in that giant dish, what would they say immediately? If there was any code, any information, any design in the radio wave that came to that giant dish out there, they've spent millions and millions and millions of dollars on, what would they instantly announce to everybody, everywhere? We have confirmed alien life. Interestingly, (laughs) we look in every life form We look in every cell in every life form and we see a near infinite amount of information (laughs) and yet we deny the information giver. We deny the designer. We deny the life giver. And interestingly, the same people as a rule look into the mother's womb and they deny life. They deny humanity. And so there is suppression of truth in unrighteousness, and there is a presupposition driving them, an anti-God, anti-Christ, anti-Bible presupposition driving them to make these movies and these television shows and these History Channel shows and to hold these congressional hearings. You know, AOC, she's just after the truth. The truth is out there. She's committed to finding it. Mr. Grush the chief whistleblower there before Representative Matt Gates and AOC spoke of holographic principle theory. And that's where he started to get into the pseudoscience or even bridging over to the occult, perhaps. That's mathematical string theory. And he used it wrongly to justify belief in multidimensional reality and beings, potentially. 
quote, a scientific trope that you can actually cross from one dimension to another. That's what he said before our Congress, talking about multiverses and multidimensions and multidimensional beings. It's gone mainstream. When we look at fossils as Christians, we look through the lens of God's true word. When we look at gender, we look through the lens of God's true word. When we look at UFOs, unidentified flying objects, we look through the lens of God's true word. And there we stand. But we're going to search the scriptures and see if aliens fit into the biblical worldview. See if Matt Walsh is right and we as believers can make peace. And it's not just Matt Walsh. I'm picking on him because he's famous and because he has garnered much influence in the professing biblical Christian realm. And it's a dangerous influence. But they're making peace, readily, happily making peace with aliens and the Bible, biblical Christianity. There are articles, pseudo-scientific articles written by Christians that unpack a well-reasoned argument for the existence of aliens and the truth of God's word being melded together happily. And they think hard on issues like, would the aliens be fallen or unfallen? Are they sinners who need redemption? And if so, is Jesus' redemption on the cross at Golgotha on earth sufficient? Since he came in the likeness of men, Or did he also present himself to their species in their multiverse or on their planet across the cosmos in our own verse? And they speculate on all these things wildly. What does the Word of God say? 2 Corinthians 10.5 Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. That's why I say Christians don't believe in aliens. Because every thought is to be brought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And aliens in the Word of God do not comport. There is no peace between them. Casting down arguments... Where would these arguments come from? The same place Big Bang cosmology comes from. The same place an uncreated cosmos comes from. The same place that uncreated life comes from. That abiogenesis comes from. That the defiance and the rejection of the law of biogenesis comes from. The, the same pit. The same liar who in the garden said to Eve, hath God said. Casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Is the idea of aliens, is it neutral? Is this just being presented as neutral? These are just neutral truth seekers, right? No. They are anti-Christ. They are anti-God. They are anti-Bible. And there are some who profess to be pro-Christ and pro-God and pro-Bible who are trying to make peace. But we found the same thing with evolution for a long time. We have theistic evolutionists. We have old earth creationists trying to make peace with the atheistic worldview, with the antichrist, anti-God, anti-Bible worldview. And it cannot be made. It is the road of apostasy. It is the road of unbelief. 
casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Aliens have been exalted against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. That is our job. That's my job. And that's why I'm preaching this message. Open your Bibles to Genesis 1, verse 1. Where might I begin to refute aliens? Genesis 1.1. It's not that hard, actually. What I'm going to argue in general, and what I want you to hold fast to, you might forget some details, but hold fast to this. The biblical worldview is earth and human-centric. Earth and human-centric. So much so that I would argue you can't shove aliens in there peaceably. Just like you can't shove Big Bang cosmology and millions and millions and millions of years of death, struggle, and suffering known as evolution in there peaceably. You must do terrific damage to the message of God's Word. Genesis 1.1, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now in Sunday school we just touched on this, but how long ago was that? What is the Bible's testimony about how long ago God created the heavens and the earth in the beginning. About six to 10,000 years ago, according to the genealogies of the Bible. And I'm completely comfortable with that. And the only thing that would compel you to say anything contrary to that, that would compel you to say millions and millions and billions of years ago, God created the heavens and the earth, is unbelief. Is extra-biblical pseudoscience, falsely so-called. There's nothing in the Scriptures that would compel you to believe in anything other than a young earth. And men like Matt Walsh, a Roman Catholic, he has not submitted his heart and mind to in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, nor the rest of the testimony of Scripture regarding how long ago that was. And so I don't expect him to have a a strong defense against aliens. He will just capitulate like he's already capitulated. But we cannot capitulate. We believe God from the very first verse. And we believe what all the other verses say about the first verse. And when you take all the rest of God's word and you apply it to the first verse, you understand that God created the heavens and the earth about six to 10,000 years ago. And that's not hard. In Sunday school, this is my advertisement, my commercial for Sunday school, we're covering right now 21 scientific evidences of a very young earth. Just a little side thing we're doing in our study of creation, but it's edifying, it's encouraging. Some people in here know what a polystrate fossil is, and some people don't. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and there was darkness in the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, so the Eden and the morning were the first day. Then God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. Thus God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. And God called the firmament heaven. So the evening and the morning were the second day. Then God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And so it was. And God called the dry land earth. And gathering together the waters, he called seas, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the earth bring forth grass, and the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind. 
whose seed is in itself on the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit, whose seed is in itself according to its kind. And God saw that it was very good. So the evening of the morning was the third day. Then God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night in the heavens to give light on the earth. And it was so. Then God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. Now get this. He made the stars also. What do you call that historic record of God's creation of the heavens and the earth thus far? Earth-centric. Earth-centric. Why? Because planet Earth is the stage for the drama of redemption. Planet Earth is where God will create mankind and where God will come in the likeness of men to die for sinners for his own glory. Planet Earth is where Jesus will suffer and die and rise again on the third day and ascend and sit at the right hand of the Father as the one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Planet Earth is where Jesus will descend and come again and rule and reign for a thousand years. Planet Earth is what will be annihilated along with the entire cosmos in an instant and then recreated And God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit will rule and reign forever on that planet with their people. It is earth-centric from Genesis to Revelation. And the stars are what? An aside. He made the stars also. Oh, it's awesome. The stars are awesome. The cosmos is awesome. There are billions and billions and billions of galaxies with billions and billions of stars in each galaxy. And with our limited abilities, looking across the vastness of space, we've identified about 4,000 planets around distant stars. You can only imagine, that's in our own galaxy, you can only imagine how many planets there are in those billions of galaxies with billions of stars. But don't imagine, don't imagine that life ever happened. Anywhere. Because life didn't just happen. Life was created on one planet. It's all about the glory of God and the redemption of sinners. And mankind was created in God's image. The stars are on a side. And all the planets, as much as we like to imagine, with Star Wars and Star Trek, going where no man has gone before, with our message of humanism and our phaser set on stun. As much as we like to imagine, be careful that you have not been set up to imagine that which is contrary to the one true God and his revelation of his creation and his revelation of the future, what's going to come to pass, as well as his revelation of history, what has come to pass, that God, the creator, Jesus Christ, came into the world that he created in the likeness of men that he created in his image to suffer and die for them. And then he rose again on the third day and that he bears the marks of their iniquity and he will bear them forever in his flesh, fully God, fully man, where we will dwell with him forever. You see, there is no peace between aliens and the word of God. Let us not attempt to imagine there is, but rather... Bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. He made the stars also. By the way, 
which person of the Godhead is preeminent in the creation of the stars also? Jesus. Verse 17, God set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light on earth and to rule over the day and the night and to divide the light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. And so the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Then God said, let the waters abound with abundance of living creatures and let the birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament of the heavens. So God created the sea creatures and every living thing that moves with the waters abounded according to their kind and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters and the seas and let the birds multiply in the earth. So the evening and morning with a fifth day. Then God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures according to its kind, cattle and creeping things and beasts of the earth, each according to its kind. And it was so. And God made the beast of the earth according to its kind, cattle according to its kind, and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God. He created him male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Mankind is a special creation created in the image of God. We're not just another beast of the field. We're not a slowly evolved critter that came from the goo and resulted in you or stopped off in the zoo before it became you. It's Adam and Eve. That is a historic record. Our universal ancestors created in God's image for God's glory. Male and female in the same world that's denying male and female, that denying the basic realities of gender, is the world that's promoting aliens and making it not just a fiction of Hollywood or a fanciful could it have been of the History Channel, but now fact in a congressional hearing. What does Isaiah 45, 18 say? It says, for thus says the Lord, who created the heavens, the stars also. See, we get, we get all caught up in the heavens. Who gets all caught up in the heavens? Believers or non-believers? Carl Sagan gets all caught up in the heavens. Why? Because he says we are all stardust. Everything came from the stars. The whole periodic table came from the stars. And thus you are stardust. You came from the stars. The stars became conscious in you. And so you should name your next daughter Star. That is the worldview of non-believers. The worldview of believers is he made the stars also. They're pretty awesome. They're pretty neat. But you know what? What's really awesome is what went down right on earth here. He who created the stars, Jesus. He was the bright and morning star, Jesus. He who was the light of heaven, Jesus. He who was the light of the world, came into the world, Jesus. So again, Isaiah 45, 18, Thus says the Lord who created the heavens, who is God, who formed the earth and made it, who has established it, who did not create it in vain, who formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord and there is no other. He created the earth to be inhabited. He did not create it in vain. And here we are strategically placed in the Milky Way in such a place that we can see the vast cosmos, that we can see Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God. Strategically placed. And given an atmosphere even that allows us to see this glorious cosmos. 
Isaiah 45.18 is earth-centric. He formed the earth and made it. Who has established it. Who did not create it in vain. Who formed it to be inhabited. Inhabited by who? By mankind created in His image. Hebrews 11.3 establishes this worldview further. Hebrews 11.3, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. That's the biblical worldview, that the cosmos didn't just happen. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, that matter was created by the eternal God, who is omnipotent and omniscient. That is the biblical worldview. The cosmos didn't just happen. Life didn't just happen in it. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. By faith, we also understand that life was created by the word of God. God spoke it into existence. Those that that want to surmise, that want to postulate, that, that want to imagine that a cosmos so vast must surely have other life sustaining planets where life just happened. Or even they try to Christianize it, they try to make it biblical, they try to make it, find peace with the biblical worldview, and they say, well, where God created life also. And yet the Word of God from beginning to end is contradictory to such an imagining. The beginning is all about the earth. The earth is the center of the story where the creator of the heavens and the earth will come in the likeness of men who he's created in his own likeness where he would come and suffer and die for them and then rise again and bear that likeness forever as the God-man bearing the marks of their iniquity forever in a new heavens and new earth where he will dwell with them bodily and the Father's presence will be there as well. He, their Father, wiping away every tear. They, his children, forever and ever and ever. John 1, verses 1 through 14 Speak to this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. God was utterly self-sufficient, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. Without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was sent a man from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light, that through him all might believe." He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. It seems like this world that we call earth is kind of the center stage in this cosmos where he made the stars also. Because he who created this world came into the world as the light of the world to suffer and die. For mankind. Verse 10, he was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. And he came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glories of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Those that want to make peace with the concept of the existence of aliens with the biblical worldview do so to the detriment of God's Word. It is an assault on God's Word. Consider Colossians chapter 1 verse 9. For this reason we also 
Since the day we heard of it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers in the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Verse 15, pay attention. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. He created the cosmos. He created all life in it. And he came into the cosmos that he created, taking upon himself the likeness of men. Verse 18, he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. This is the drama of redemption played out on planet Earth in the midst of the cosmos and the stars, which he created also. Colossians 2 verse 8 is particularly noteworthy. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. I'm here to tell you that everything, everything behind this, aliens are real. Aliens have come. We have aliens. This whole thing from Hollywood to the History Channel to Congress is designed to cheat you, is predicated upon ungodly, antichrist, anti-Bible philosophy, predicated upon materialism, naturalism, Big Bang cosmology, abiogenesis, evolution, all of which is contrary to the Word of God. There is no peace between those concepts, those pseudosciences, and God's Holy Word. Those all represent an assault an empty deceit, the tradition of men, the suppression of truth and unrighteousness, which Romans 1 records. Again, Colossians 2.8, Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. This is all in conformity to the basic principles of this world system that serves the evil one. It's all a substitute for the message of God's word. Don't try to make peace with this grand tale of aliens that is a substitute for the revelation of God himself and not according to Christ. Verse 9, For in him, in Christ, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. Consider Hebrews 1, verse 1. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in his last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, to whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels, as he has by inheritance obtained a much more excellent name than they. Again, drama of redemption played out on planet Earth. 
He purged our sins. Then he ascended and sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high in the heavenly realm. You want an alternate dimension? There it is. You want beings from an alternate dimension? Angels, demons, God himself, not aliens. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 10. And you, Lord, in the beginning laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will grow old like a garment, like a cloak. You will fold them up, and they will be changed, and you are the same, and your years will not fail. Speaking of the undoing of the cosmos, the undoing of this planet, they will perish, but he is the same, which leads us to 2 Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3. Beloved, I now write to you this second epistle, in both of which I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder that you may be mindful of the words which are spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts. Saints, this is just another scoffing. Aliens! Just another manner of scoffing against God. Scoffers will come, walking according to their own lust, and saying, where is the promise of His coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willfully forget, that by the word of God the heavens were of old. What did they willfully forget? That by the word of God the heavens were of old. Instead, they look to the heavens as their creator. They worship the creature rather than the creator. They look to the heavens. They look to the stars as their creator. And so they want to worship the stars. They want to essentially worship other life forms from the stars. This they willfully forget. That by the word of God, the heavens were of old. And the earth standing out of the water and in the water but which the world that then existed perished, being flooded with water. They willfully forget their holy creator God. They willfully forget his holy judgment of mankind in a global flood. Verse 7, But the heavens and the earth which are now preserved by the same word, actively preserved. God is actively, actively preserving the heavens and the earth by his word. They are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But beloved, Do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And that's what it's about, the drama of redemption being played out. And when the last soul comes to repentance, there'll be a trumpet and a shout. Verse 10, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. The earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. The heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with a fervent heat. All matter. And both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. It is a earth-centric story. Both the history and the story, prophetically, of what's yet to come. It is human-centric, earth-centric. There is no room for aliens to be shoved into God's story. Matt Walsh. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming day of God, 
because of which the heavens will be dissolved. He made the stars also. It's not about the stars. They're going to be dissolved. It's about mankind on planet earth and the God-man coming down with the new heavens and new earth in which only righteousness dwells. Again, 2 Peter 3, verse 12, looking for and hastening the coming day of God because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with a fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for the new heavens and new earth in which righteousness dwells. Oh, saints, all of creation is groaning under the curse of sin. That's what Romans 5, 12, Romans 8, 18 through 22 declare, and that there will be a new heavens and new earth And the Lord Jesus, who pronounced on the cross, it is finished, pronounces it is done at the end of the age. The gluons are let loose. The cosmos is burned up in a great fire. And he recreates the heavens and the earth. Revelation 20, verse 11. Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and heaven fled away. And there was no place found for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first earth and the first heaven, first earth had passed away. Also there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from heaven, from God, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, not men and aliens. Across the cosmos? Or across a multiverse reality? I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and He will dwell with them, and they shall be His people. Mankind, male and female, created in His image, saved by the blood of the Lamb, the God-man. Fully God, fully man, coming in the likeness of men, yet without sin, who laid down his life at Golgotha upon that cross and took it back up again on the third day, rising from the dead, conquering sin and Satan and death, to ascend on high as the only mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who would then descend at the time he is appointed to rule and reign for a thousand years until that final undoing of the cosmos and great white throne judgment. And pronouncement that it is done. And the creation of a new heavens and new earth in which only righteousness dwells. And the pronouncement that God will dwell with his children. He their God. They his children forever on earth. Verse 5. Then he who sat on the throne. This is chapter 21. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. These words are true and faithful. Don't subject your mind to materialism, naturalism, 
Big Bang cosmology, abiogenesis, evolution, transgenderism, transspeciesism, aliens, or any other lie of the devil brought against the truth of God's revealed word. And there we stand. Christians do not believe in aliens. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the revelation of your word that makes sense of reality, that renews our minds and keeps us from embracing madness, whether it's the madness of embracing a cosmos that came from nothing, life that came from non-life, men becoming women and women becoming men, or the madness of aliens now rising up and prevailing in our God-hating culture. Father, preserve us from this ungodly worldview, this anti-Christ worldview. Grant that our minds would be renewed and taken captive to obedience to King Jesus in every area. Guard us from apostasy, Lord. Guard us from unbelief. We pray it in the mighty and the matchless name of Jesus. Amen.